Praise the Lord. We're so uh, glad we can continue our midweek online uh, meetings. Thank God for his mercy and grace. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. As we've entered into this new year, we thank you. We praise you. Your ability, your unction, your strength. We worship you. We worship you. Counsel, wisdom from on high. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that lives within me, bless his holy We worship you, we worship you. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the we worship you, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Hallelujah, risen Savior, we worship you. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Sharamandiri Abalasanda. Wonderful Jesus. Meshe Brenteli Preseli Frentele Mindo. Worthy, 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 worthy. Sheba Barabakasa Takare Andorokosto. Blessed be your holy name, blessed be your holy name, blessed be your holy name. Worship you, worship you, worship you, worship you, worship you. Thank you, 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 Lord. Blessed be your holy name, Sapradabashikaramandarabakatarabiantoloboshanto. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you, great King. We worship you, Holy One. We trust you. We yield to you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We call every need met, every yoke destroyed, every burden removed. In the name of Jesus, amen, hallelujah. Praise God. We have already come into the new year and um, praise God for his faithfulness upon whom we rely and upon which we rely. So we'll um, read again from the uh, 13th chapter of Hebrews, the familiar prayer line there uh, from verse 20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you 
that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. You have here uh, the typical style of the Apostle Paul, where he has a prayer somewhere in the middle of his uh, writings. Somewhere there, there will always be a prayer tucked away, and here it's a prayer for all of us, but in a very specific way to people of a Jewish descent who saw the move of God from the book of Acts and uh, had to be uh, spread and dispersed everywhere and were supposed to know so much um, about those things, but um, they had kind of gone backwards and become dull and... um, That can happen to anyone. So we are seeing a prayer for perfection, for making us uh, strong and we're able to continue the good work. But from God's perspective, where Jesus is that great shepherd of the sheep and in his blood, by his oversight, we are uh, trusting that it will all be done well in his sight. And um, that's what matters in the end. Hallelujah. Let's hear this prayer also in Kannada. Shashwata Vada Udambadikeya Raktada Mulaka Kuri Hindige Dodda Kurubanagiruva Namma Kartanada Yesuvanu Sattavaru Laginda Bara Madida Shantidayakanada Devaru. Nimmanu Sakala Sakkarya Gadali Atana Chittavanu Maduvante Paripurna Madali Tana Drushkeli Mechikeada Adanu Yesu Kristana Mulaka Nimali Nadisali Yuga Yugantara Gadali Uatanige Mahime Untagali Amen. Glory to God. We were seeing how uh, God has to be feared or reverenced, um, but we are not supposed to fear anything else. But um Uh, God and reverence him. However, God has said there's something we should, in quote, fear and be cautious about that we must make it uh, our daily choice to have rest. And uh, that is very interesting. We cannot fear any opposition, any demon, anything out there. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind But there should be a healthy fear uh, and caution that we will escape or not take advantage of the rest of God. We will miss the rest of God. And that we all are admonished to maintain that healthy fear. This is the fear that seems to be kind of contrary to all the fear knots and fear knots that are across the scripture. And here we have this fear. Let us therefore fear. Chapter 4 of Hebrews, verse 1. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should come to sh- uh, should seem to come short of it. So there is this uh, healthy attitude that uh, we should continue to bear with us constantly and uh, all of us should be watchful about this. 
So we believe that God is giving us greater assurance and greater confidence and that we are more assured today than we were two years ago because of the track record and history of our time spent that uh, what God said is going to be as real as it ever was as we are finding ourselves in these last days. And so we want to take advantage of it. Notice verse 2 says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Now, we are speaking evidently as a continuation from the third chapter where uh, Psalm 95 was quoted um, as the source for those statements there about the people who were chosen and brought out of uh, Egypt by mighty hand and the display of God's power were brought into uh, a place that was supposed to be a place of refreshing and rest uh, called Rephidim, which means rest and refreshing. But when they got there, as we saw uh, last week, they uh, faced the same challenges of murmuring and complaining and looking at the circumstances and saying, there's nothing here. What do you mean place of rest? You know, I don't see anything. What do you mean by this word that you gave us? Is this the meaning of God's word? That it seems totally opposite and they could not um, trust God's word. And so um, after all that he had shown them, they are found uh, to be murmuring and uh, complaining and even saying they would prefer to go back to Egypt and etc. So uh, a lot of these things are now brought into the new covenant and they are brought to our memory and we are told that we can partake of Christ and his benefits but we should follow certain principles and confidence to the very end. Hallelujah. And so um, we don't want to make similar mistakes And so we have all the scripture given to us. They could not have access to the scripture back then. In fact, Moses had not yet penned the law by then uh, during that time. But Moses was their leader and probably uh, the only others were, uh, you know, Joshua and um, Caleb and maybe Aaron when he was not vacillating. Sometimes Aaron would look like he was a strong guy. But when Moses was not there, he would just do whatever the people said. So he seemed to be affected by the population and popular opinion. So he was not um, definitely a great example, but also a proof that in spite of all that, God chose him as a priest. So it's just grace. We are chosen not because we are so special in any way, but because of the grace of God. Amen. And uh, that is one wonderful thing about God, that none of us have any perfections, that we are chosen by the grace of God. And so God is the hero in all of this. Amen. And so, um, in fact, so much is in these thoughts here that we have to probably go back and forth a little bit. But they were given a word to go to this place, which would be a place of refreshing And as we saw 
in Exodus 17 and 20, which we have not really uh, looked at in detail, uh, two generations came to the same place and made the same mistake. And here we are later, let's just say the third generation, and now it's our chance, uh, and God has given us a word for the time ahead, and he is uh, strengthening us and Maybe if you look around, naturally speaking, nothing may seem great. Just looking at the natural, you know, people are trying hard to cover these things up. But if you have an ear to the ground, we are living in some of the fiercest times ever. Where people's lives are as valueless as they could get. And so um, that is not being brought to the forefront, but it still escapes and comes in the news here and there that people are treated like nothing. They're burnt and demolished and treated like animals. And so the value of life has fallen so badly. We're living in animal conditions, fierce, demonic times. And so uh, our standards and faith rest in the Lord. And our value systems are based on the Lord. Amen. And if he has given us a word... We are going to hold on to that and not be moved by whatever else it seems to be. Amen. So having said all that, we are cautioned to maintain the rest. That the gospel, which we seem to have, was also preached to them. Isn't that interesting? The gospel is basically a promise. Amen. Uh, it's a promise that if you believe God, such and such are your benefits. And so you find out that there was no lack of promises given to them. In fact, a lot of people use the promises of the Old Testament uh, for themselves, even though it was, in quote, written to them. Amen. And new covenant promises are better. Hallelujah. And they are there are some that refer both ways to the old and the new, but there are some that are specific to the old. Hallelujah. There are some that are more specific to the millennium also. So like that, but if you start to uh, release faith and trust uh, in God's word and promise, you can receive the benefit because God is simply looking for childlike faith. Amen. And we have God's kind of faith. And it was given to us um, as a measure, which is very great, to say the least. Hallelujah. Because it took you to a salvation which is so great. So great that even time and space could not stop it. These are the things that we are beginning to understand in greater depth. That our salvation and the gospel came by words preached to us, and it did not profit them, but it should profit us. Amen. And we learn from their mistakes, profit, notice, benefit. Profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So there is an essential mix which has to be made for profit to come out of these wonderful promises. Amen. And uh, otherwise you could have the very nature of God, the very life of God and not partake of it. 
that was spoken about in the previous chapter, chapter 3. Notice uh, verse 12. Take heed, uh, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Isn't that interesting that uh, any one of us, brethren, believers, could have an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God? There's a possibility, therefore, that saved people can actually have uh, contradictions within them. Amen. Their spirit is saved, but their heart, in quote, their soul, their deep thoughts are, in quote, evil. Isn't that interesting? And the God who sees the heart, who saw even Lucifer's heart and immediately rewarded him for, you know, that kind of thinking, he was cast out, sees our heart also. Amen. And he's uh, telling us, take heed, brethren. And so we have the possibility of daily examination of our heart to see whether we are Departing from God's ways in our heart while our spirit is saved. Amen. As our spirit is saved and on the way to heaven, verse 13, exhort one another daily. So there's a possibility of a daily check. How's my heart doing? Am I still standing in the simple truths of God? Or have I moved and started looking around at circumstances or situations? And so, as it is called today, we can be hardened. Amen. Our attitudes can change. There's a possibility that our heart attitudes can change and we can allow things that are not right in God's sight. Amen. And so, even though we have the life of God, the nature of God, the wisdom of God, the mind of the Christ, we may not be enjoying it partaking of that uh, in the fullest measure. So uh, we need to do something called holding our confidence steadfast to the end. That means day by day, day by day until the very end. Amen. So we are forced to think about each day, today. And not how many days can I do this, but today. And so he repeated that kind of uh, admonition Constantly, you know, saying today if you hear his voice. Today if you hear his voice. So just imagine the verses that we believe God is telling us to observe today. And each today take a look and see what does your heart have to say about it. Do you agree with it? Have you changed your stand on it? So sometimes people start out believing the things of faith very strongly. And then as time goes, they drop away from that message. They believe healing very strongly. But as time passes, they adjust and they begin to believe various other things. That is a possibility that any of us can go through. And in fact, some have even dumped the whole message and have even departed and gone some other way. Great teachers and men of God have done such things. So uh, we are... To be cautious. Amen. Every day. Hallelujah. While it is called today. Verse 15 of Hebrews 3. While it is called today. If you will hear his voice. Harden not your hearts. As in the provocation. Where bitterness was expressed. From their hearts. Towards God. His leadership. 
And the priesthood, you notice, uh, came from an argument. That's how bitter they were. You guys think you're so great. I'll show you that you are nothing. And the argument broke out that they were not very special as leaders. And just to prove that, of course, God saw everything before time began. Aaron's rod budded. He said, I'll show you. Come, bring everybody's stick out there and let me show you whom I have chosen. Amen. But notice that it actually came out of of an argument. You guys think you're so great? And God was hearing all these things. Isn't that interesting? It's not that he's very fickle, that your arguments will make him uh, now institute a a new office. No, that's, that's not what we're talking about. But that it actually came out of an argument. You guys think you're so great, you know, and instead of Moses being chosen, you know, or Caleb being chosen, God chooses this unlikely guy, amen, because he's saying his grace and, you know, you guys, you have so many things to fight about and argue about and eventually, you know, it points in this kind of direction and I'll show you, amen. So even though, um, you know, we are seeing it now in hindsight, you can tell that it came from murmurings, discontent. It rose up from hearts that were not satisfied with God's promise. Amen. And were not satisfied with the way God was doing things. Amen. Uh, So this can happen to any one of us, Old or New Testament. Right? Hallelujah. Very interesting stuff. All right, I think we've spoken plenty of things. Praise God. Let's uh, look in Hebrews 4, verse 1 and 2 also. Amen. So we have the possibility of having no profit out of it if we do not maintain a certain climate inside our deep thoughts, our imaginations, the soil of our heart. Even though the word that the Lord gives us may be, wow. But we may not get anything out of it. Hallelujah. Isn't that interesting? No profit. No participation thereof. Just there. Amen. And it can happen to us is what he's saying. Let us fear. There's caution there. And there's also some amount of dread in it also. That you are just saved. That's all. You just come to heaven. Praise God. But you never participated of the profit and benefit of that thought and that promise that he had for us. Amen. His thoughts are good, not evil, to give us a future and a hope to bring us to an expected end. Amen. And so um, let's not make the same mistake as what he's saying. And um, as we read also Hebrews 3.15 in Canada. Amen. So we see here, some heard, verse 16, for some when they had heard. These are not people in quote who didn't hear. They heard. 
For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. Amen. So in the mixed crowd of the hearers, different types of hearts. Amen. Some are hearing and responding differently. Some are hearing and responding in another way. Amen. So there were some that uh, definitely provoked and irritated and their bitterness rose up and God heard about it. And so, um, you know, here we are. We have a wonderful, excellent word and promise from God, but we have to uh, watch our hearts and all that he's saying basically out of all this is that there is something called a rest. Amen. And all of those things can be avoided if we are pursuing the rest of God. Amen. If you can see, oh, these things are merely trying to unseat me from my place of rest. All of these things are trying to make me shaken from my place of rest. All these emotions, all of these uh, murmurings, all of these things, uh, bitterness is, is trying to unseat me from a place of rest. And therefore, I need to just hold on to my rest. Amen. And um, that's basically the message. Amen. And if you examine, you will notice these things are very, very powerful, especially today. There's so many things to unseat you and unsettle you. And uh, if you begin to enjoy rest like the Lord Jesus... You may be looked at as someone who doesn't care. Amen. That the storms in the same boat, that refers to the believer. Who has Jesus in the same boat? Amen. Jesus is inside there. Jesus believes God and his promises. And, uh, you know, the believer in us believes. The spirit man believes. And he houses Jesus. And he houses the Holy Spirit. But the other people inside the boat, our feelings and emotions are rocked and are wondering whether God even cares about us. Amen. And are trying to dislodge us from the place of rest and safety. And Jesus just blasts them, blasts every other thought (laughs) and says, hush. Amen. And if you hush up, the outside will take care of itself. Amen. So we have heard these things, but practically speaking, we are learning more from the same verses. Amen. Look at um, Numbers 14. Observe here verse 23. It says, Surely they shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. Wow, this is a pretty strong one. But my servant Caleb... Because he has another spirit with him and has followed me fully, him will I bring into the land, into where he went, and his seed shall possess it. Notice how the children are also affected. Amen. They enjoy the example of our faith and they benefit from it and they see it before their eyes and they possess. Hallelujah. So it it is clear that it's like almost another spirit. You just have another attitude. You have another outlook on life completely. Amen. An attitude that says, you know what? If God said it, I believe it, that settles it. 
It doesn't matter what's going on out there. I am not bothered about all that. I'm here to believe God. Amen. And they receive. He said, but my servant Caleb, because he has another spirit with him and has followed me fully, him will I bring into the land. So guess what? These attitudes take you in to the benefits of God and affect the children. And they possess it too. Hallelujah. Now the Amalekites, Canaanites, dwelled in the valley. Tomorrow turn you and get you into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel which they murmur against me. Say to them, As truly as I live, says the Lord, As you have spoken in my ears, so will I do. And there's a whole lot of stuff that comes out of that. But we are looking at the positive side. We can murmur or meditate or ponder and give voice to the word of God. The promises of God. And guess what's going to happen? Another attitude and another spirit, the spirit of faith, in the midst of a fearful, doubtful worried or worry-filled world, we can walk in and possess what God has promised. And our children will participate in it and possess it too. Hallelujah. It's good news. It's the gospel. It's always been like this. God has been the God of good news. Amen. And so we are not going to make this mistake in Jesus' name. We've been in this for some years. Some have gone totally off. Some have stayed. Some are pressing in further. Amen. We want to be of another spirit that believes God. Amen. We want to fear, in quote, lest we fall short of that promise of the rest of God. Amen. We want to be careful that we do not miss the rest of God. Hallelujah. Thank God. Let's see if we can hear these uh, thoughts also. Uh, from Numbers fourteen twenty three and twenty four. Nano Praise God. So even though they were living under an old covenant, he was still welcoming them to enjoy a finished workplace. Isn't that interesting? He rested from the beginning. He said, you can enjoy that place too. Even though Jesus had not yet been offered. But in God's mind, it's already done. So it's available to anyone who would believe him. So even in covenants past, Even people who did not really come from that descent but believed him were able to enter in. Praise God. And how much more we that are born of that spirit of faith. We should be enjoying these things. Doubtless. The only factor here is that we should be careful to not miss the rest and the seated place and the relaxed place of faith. Hallelujah. And do not uh, tolerate things that are trying to unseat us from that. 
And that caution and that fear is good, is healthy. Amen. So the main factor we need to check about is, am I resting in the things of God? Or am I trying with my own strength to bring things to pass? Or am I resting in the finished work of God? That what he said, he will do. Amen. That has to be observed. And so um, the promise mixed with that kind of rest is what he's talking about. All that has happened there can be concluded in those kind of thoughts from chapter 4. Notice verse 3. For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, so I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So he's gone back to Genesis 2, all the way back, and said God finished everything back then. So really, uh, he's not doing anything new. We are the ones who are invited to that place, which he has already prepared for us, a refidim, so to speak. Where it may look like nothing's happening, but if God said it and you believe it, it's going to come to pass. You're going to enjoy it. Amen. So um, this is the key uh, message that we are going to rest in what he has said more than anything else. More than whatever's going on out there. Because God has not changed from those days till the new covenant times of the book of Hebrews. He's saying the same thing. Amen. And that's what the Sabbath is all about. It's a perpetual rest. It's a place of remembering. Amen. We are learning that it is a place of remembering, remembering the finished work. It's so wonderful to be in this age, which is the very last of the last days, that we can look at everything in hindsight now and even have a foretaste of what is coming ahead, which is going to be like Solomon's reign where there was peace all around. When Jesus is going to sit on the throne. Glory. And he'll be the teacher and the instructor. And no man will have to teach another. But till then we will still have to teach. Amen. But then you can be sure that everybody will go and hear from Jesus whatever he has to say. We can ask him all the heavy questions and he'll answer. Can you imagine going to Jesus that day and saying, But what was the meaning of this verse? (laughs) Glory to God. Amen. And today we can have a foretaste of that by the Holy Ghost. And so we are truly blessed. But along with that comes the possibility of, uh, you know, being uh, sort of harassed by everything around. Because there's there's an enemy who's envious of that place that we are enjoying. That he lost forever. Amen. And so he continues to accuse us of this and that and the other. And we are learning to not be unseated from our place of rest. Hallelujah. Verse 4. For he spake in a certain place on the seventh day on this wise, God did rest the seventh day from all his works. God has rested. And we are invited to rest. Amen. And so it's possible to do that. And, um, you know, Hebrews 4 leads to 11 and 12 and so on. And just imagine someone like Enoch just walking along, doing his work, having children, but enjoying that restful stroll with the Lord. And then he just goes across into eternal rest (laughs) with a body and doesn't even die. 
He believed God. He pleased God with that. And, you know, we saw that that's another spirit. It's another way of thinking. It's totally opposite to what the world calls reason, objectivity, etc. You know, you're not being objective. You're so narrow-minded. You have to give uh, room for this and that. Those things uh, have increased to such a place that, uh, you know, the latest is that you, you have nanotechnology treatment. Little things are inserted into you, little, little things that are robotic in nature, and they do the work inside you. And so you become very reasonable and not old-fashioned in your you know, thinking, as old as God in your thinking. You are relegated to something of the past, and you have no relevance to today. You are living in some weird age. Amen. But God is saying... There is a rest. There still remains a rest for the people of God right now. And you don't have to worry about everything else. Of course, you seem to be of a different spirit. Hallelujah. But you and your children will enter in and possess whatever God has spoken. So here, be careful about reasonings that go against it. You know, thinkings that do not agree. Let's go and look at that for a minute in Second Corinthians chapter 10. Notice uh, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We ended up earlier in the Old Testament scripture of Numbers 14 by saying the Canaanites, all the other ites were in the land. Amen. So there was a natural enemy that they had to overcome. Praise God. But in the New Testament, he gives us another view that behind these natural things is a spiritual entity and spiritual forces. And that we have a new set of weapons And that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. Actually, he says, if you know how to deal with this in your thoughts, you win. Hallelujah. To the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity... Every thought to the obedience of Christ. So here, instead of, you know, Amalekites and other ites, we just have thoughtites. Amen? To deal with. And the weaponry is mighty. It is warfare. This is where the war is. And the war is waged in reasonings. But what about this? What about that? What do you think of this? How do you feel now? Does that feel good? That doesn't feel all right. And we're supposed to cast that down and not tolerate it and not take it and not take any thought, not take any care, not take any of those things, but cast them down, the very imagination of it. Amen. The very imagination, you know, there was a man of God who would say sometimes, you can't even touch it in your thought life. Praise God. And sometimes it may seem like a mystery, but you can see as time goes, 
There's so much to think about. And it gets you. That's the warfare. Amen. And you, you can say, I won't even touch it in my thought lives. I mean, I'm not, whether the thing smells, whether the thing feels, whether it is like this or the thought comes. No, that's not for me. Sorry. That's just not for me. That's not my problem. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Finish. Amen. War. Hallelujah. And uh, this is what we are doing. And it is mighty in God. Praise God. To pull down every kind of stronghold. And to capture every other thinking and reasoning. And you will become someone of a different spirit. A different attitude. From you know the majority. There's not going to be too many. You know, people get... Uh, kind of bent out of shape when you read verses like broad is the way that leads to destruction many will be on that way and narrow is the way that leads to life few will be that find it you know it applies of course to salvation but also to anything of Christ there's not a whole majority of people that are going to go down that path of Christ and these things we're talking about it's going to be, you know, a certain group who, out of the four hearts, one part is going to go after these things. The rest are going to be just, you know, there. Hallelujah. And so you may not find too many people to encourage you. And that's why you can't compare with others. Amen. Because if you become like them, then you have arrived. But there is more, you know that. So you have to raise the standard up to Christ and not somebody else. That's why it is faulty to compare with others and it only actually produces murmuring and discontent. But once you uh, reach that person's level and you feel abreast with them, you feel that you have arrived. Meanwhile, God is far ahead. <laughs> And so we must keep the eyes on him and imitate him. Praise God. Who is he? The word of God. Praise God. This book is actually God in, in words. Hallelujah. It's God in word form. Amen. And we can commune and get close to it in such a manner that it affects everything about us. As though Jesus himself were in your room talking with you. Hallelujah. So, uh, praise God. Sometimes a lot of things come out. But we are praying and believing that the right things come out. Hallelujah. Because we want to uh, get as much as we can today. And mix it with faith today. So that today we partake of what the Christ life is. Amen. So there is this rest. Verse 6. Therefore there remains. It remained that some must enter therein. And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Ooh, glory to God. Alright. Let's, let's uh, keep our finger there and go to the book of James. James chapter 1, 
verse 5 onwards. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. This is consistent with God who is the giver. He's not holding back. Amen. But it's us again, not him. The next verse says, let him ask in faith. It's not God that's the limiting factor. It is us, right? That's, that's what is going on. We uh, need to settle a few things. Let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Hallelujah. This is why I'm more convinced that being like Peter all the way would be very helpful. Because this wave thing has not stopped. He brings it into the church. Pastor James is now using the waves. Amen. And at that time he was not yet saved when Peter was walking on water. But the Spirit of God has chosen to use the wave theory. <laughs> not the sine wave theory, but waves. Amen. <laughs> and so you have this picture again of Jesus saying, I give you a word. Come. Amen. I give you a word for this year. Come. But there are waves. And there is wind. And this is what is going to be the problem here also. Amen. Notice, wavering, for he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven, 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 driven. What is it that's going to drive the person? It's those waves. They will drive you. That news, that feeling, that emotion, those circumstances will drive you. So don't pay attention to them. Let's not pay attention to them. Let's not give them thinking time. Let's not allow them to enter in and upset us. Amen. The same thing. Why did you look at all of that, Peter? He could have said it like that. That's why you're sinking now. He walked on water. He actually walked on water. But there are waves. So if he had just kept his eyes on Jesus saying, come, that word, he would have just gone all the way and the story would have been different. But thank God, even in that, God is being glorified. It's working out for good because we are learning now that you can walk the way God said to walk and come into the place that he has spoken to you of. If you don't bother about all of these waves, which if you listen to, they will actually take you away and drive you. Instead of God driving and moving you. Hallelujah. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. So it's not God's problem. It's our internal climate. Hallelujah. God said, I give liberally. I hold back not. But you are a receiver. Do you know that this is how you receive? This is what will hinder you from receiving. This is how you receive. He's a good God. He's teaching us. He's teaching us all of these things. Amen. He's, I have not changed. I have rest for you. I'm telling you come and rest with me. From the beginning. 
And you don't have to pay attention to all of those things because you may end up receiving nothing and saying that it was God's fault. And so they directed it to God and Moses. And while Moses was away, they said, um, you know, this guy, let's talk to him. He seems a little less fanatic. Make us another God and take us back. And he yielded. Amen. Praise God. We, we may not have to look at all that immediately. Praise God. But the fact is, um, you know, any space you give to this, it'll take it. Amen. And people who are moved by that, they will take. They will push. They will force. They will press. And we have to say, no. I don't care if everybody goes that way. I'm going with God. Hallelujah. Amen. So a whole bunch of them just died off in the wilderness. Whole bunch. And God is still the same. Amen. Thank God we are saved. Our spirit man is on the way to heaven, carrying Jesus, his spirit, his life. But you know, the experience of it down here. Otherwise, we should have gotten saved and immediately shot off to heaven, just straight. God just waits for you to say, I believe he rose again from the dead. Thank you, Lord. And you straight go to heaven. Why should he keep you here any further? Why should we be here? Because there is an element that must be experienced down here in the wicked world. In the twisted dark world. And that is the testimony which we are reading from the past in through today. And there is a rest for all of us. And we should be assured that we should not lose that rest. We should be careful, cautious about it. Otherwise, it will be as though, I didn't get anything. You say this and that. God said this. God, I didn't get anything. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. He'll say, I, I just work hard. I just struggle on my own. You say, you know, this and that. You preach all these things. And, you know, I'm, I, I believe in Jesus. That's about it. And even that, I'm sometimes wondering. Am I really saved? It's like I got nothing out of this. So I'll just postpone it till the end. Before I die, I'll just say, you know, Jesus, forgive me. And that's that. So all they ended up was struggling for their own rest by their own strength. Instead of partaking of the rest that God gave them from the beginning. And you could just have a free journey, so to speak. Like the guy with the balloons, you know, who was fixing the big zeppelin back in those days. You know, on that big tower up there. And uh, the thing got loose and floated away. And it seems the guy was uh, entwined by the cables and he became that small. And at the end, when it all came back, <laughs> they asked the man, wow, you must have had a tough time out there. He said, I just uh, enjoyed the ride. I believe that these simple things are as simple as it gets. Amen. And we, we have a right to enjoy these things is what God is saying. Hallelujah. If you're not going to be distracted by all these winds, 
and waves which are driven by these winds and circumstances. Even wrong doctrines are involved in winds. Amen. We know that in Ephesians 4, somewhere around 17 or so, that they are tossed. Uh, 14, that they are like uh, immature, you know, children. Let's look at that also. Ephesians 4, I think is verse 14. That we from now uh, on no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So immaturity cannot handle certain things. The more we grow, the more we go back to the well-tried word again and not be moved by anything else. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So the maintenance of that simple, old-fashioned, clear word of God is where it all is. In fact, I feel a serious drawing back to the time-tested, tried, unalterable, simple laws of faith. Amen. That persuadableness that Abraham got to at a point and said he was fully persuaded that if God promised it, God would do it. Hallelujah. And that at that point, there was no unbelief. Glory to God. Amen. So we are looking at all of this from various angles, but it, the, the message hasn't changed. There is a rest. Amen. And he, he probably, you know, after 25 years, he had probably gone to every kind of place to check out how he can do this thing. Till he finally got persuaded and bang, things happen. Amen. So in the thoughts... Is where the battle is. What about this? What about that? How do you feel? Why don't you try this? Why don't you do this? Why? A, B, C, D, options, feelings, emotions, popular thinking, wealth, meaning, relatives, good advice, etc., etc. Nobody can force us. We must decide which way are we going. We may be weird, strange people. People look at us and say, that's another spirit. I think you have some paishash, in fact. That you are talking like this. You know, you're weird. This, you know which age we're living in right now? And you're talking all this trash? Wake up, man. Amen. So we're going to be as weird as ever written in the scripture. A different spirit, but they're the guys who inherit and their children inherit. Amen. So, my brother and sister, there's a lot that uh, simply has to be dealt with, but it's as simple as it is written. Again and again. Verse 8. So, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, and that affects everything else. So, you cannot be sure whether you should marry this guy or not, because he's rather unstable. If he says this, then he may not be there. If he says that, you know, he's not the right kind of business guy either. He could just give you the flip anytime. He is unstable in all his ways. Amen. 
all his ways. So that's why we cannot compare with people. We have to look up to him. Say, whether everybody else is shaken away, God will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. Praise God. Verse 9. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he's exalted, but the rich in that he's made low. Because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. Wait a minute. He suddenly comes into something about rich and poor and all that. This pastor must have seen some stuff. Don't you think so? There's no need to talk to the rich if the church is just poor. And there's no talking to the poor if the church is only rich. What does that mean? Faith must be used by rich and poor. Otherwise, they will be shot down in the problems of life. Whether you're rich or poor. The only way to come out is from the word of God. Amen. It is the equalizer. And people who have a lot of money will pay dearly to get that life you're enjoying. If they could enjoy it for just to see that. To get that feeling that you are feeling, they would pay anything. You say, I have all of this, but I don't have what you have right now. That, that experience you're experiencing, my man, I wish I could pay you for it. And you say, come to Jesus. And they could be in the, you know, believing fold also. People who say, you know, I used to be very peaceful. I used to be so much in love with God. But now, I don't have that anymore. I have all this stuff, but I don't have that. If they're honest, they'll tell you that. It used to be different when I started with the Lord. I sang. I enjoyed Him. But now, I have all of this. But really, uh, I know I'm not there. Praise God. And that's a good thing if you can tell you're not there. That means you're listening in somewhere. But if you're numbed by all of that, man, you need help. Praise God. Hallelujah. So this is the balanced way this pastor is presenting it. That in his congregation, which you see by the end of the the book, the end of the book there, there were rich people there. And in the middle there were people who, you know, showed preference. If you were rich, they would allow you to sit, you know, a certain place. If you were poor, they would move you away. All of that was there and there were murmurings. The usage of words was bad. They were acting, you know, unspiritual. They were boasting. They were all of these things. And he himself was pressured at points also. Amen. Sometimes he had to join the religious people. <sighs> Etc. Nobody's perfect. That's why we shoot for Jesus. Not even Paul was perfect. Hallelujah. So uh, what we rejoice about is God. We don't rejoice about, you know, uh, being rich or poor. We rejoice about God. (laughs) That you still believe God. That you're still trusting Him. Amen. That that is the end of it all. Believing Him. Praise God. Glory to God. Let's see if we can read something. From verse 5. 
all the way to verse 10. Nimali, Avani Gadaru, Nana Kadime Yagidare, Avanu Devaran no Kedikolali, Adu Avanige Dorakuvadu, Devaru Hangisade Ella Rigu, Udara Manasin in the Koduatan Agidane Adare Avanu Swalpavu, Sandeha Padade Nambike Elli Kedikolali, Yakandare Sandeha Padua Vanu Gadi in the Badiel Pata Samudra the Tere Ente Aledadu Tiruvanu. A Manushanu Tanu Katan in the Enadaru Hundu Venendu Bavisade Irali. Eradu Manasulavanu Tana Margagada Lella Chanchalanagidane Hinastiti Liruva Sahodaranu Tanu Unata Stitige Bandenendu Ulasa Padali Aishwarya Vantanada Sahodaranu Tanu Dinastitige Bandenendu Ulasa Padali Adare Aishwarya Vantanu Hulina Huvinante Gatisi Huguvanu Praise God. Interesting. In First Corinthians chapter seven, notice here, verse nineteen. Circumcision is nothing, uncircumcision is nothing, but keeping of the command of God. In other words, believing God is what is important. Amen. Look at how it flows into the next verse, verse 20. Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it. For if thou mayest be be made free, use it rather. Let's go on. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. Likewise also, he that is called being free, is Christ's servant. Amen. Look at this. This is the situation of, say, a slave. Praise God, and he got saved. He's saying, don't dump all that now. Because even if you are free, you are still Jesus' servant. And so don't be ashamed of being a servant because you are doing it as unto the Lord. (laughs) It's, It's the Lord's eyes that are important. It is His word that is important. It's not your external uh, comparisons that are important. Because in Christ, you are doing it as unto the Lord. Whether you are free or whether you are a servant, you are still the servant of the Lord. Amen. So we're not using external things to be free from being a servant of the Lord. It's the question of the day. It's not that if I have X, Y, Z, then I don't have to serve God like these menial people. Oh, you didn't know that you are a servant of the Lord? O ye free man. Can you see that? So what is important is that these thoughts are wrong. That thinking is from the world. Amen. Hallelujah. That is the opposite of God. The 24 elders fall down before him. Constantly. The holy angels who only behold him cannot look at him. They cover their face with two wings. Hallelujah. Amen. And so the wrong thinking must not enter in. Otherwise, we will regret that we pretended to be 
believers, but we had worldly thinking. Amen. We acted the believer stuff, but we, our thinking was enemy. Hallelujah. And we're so insecure about everything. We lose our rest so easily. Oh, they treated me like a slave. Wow. The way he talked to me right now, that was very slavic. You know, he's not even a Slav. It was rather Slavic. Amen. That's the touchiness there. Because you had these false heirs, which are not of God, which are from the world. Amen. So you can see that faith in God is what levels us. All of us are subject to these kinds of thoughts. We, we don't have to accept other thoughts. Whether we are, in quote, loaded with the, the things that seem so lovely in the eyes of the world, or whether we don't seem to have those things, the thinking is what God is seeing. The attitude is what God is seeing. The heart is what God is seeing. Amen. And that is what we have to be careful about. Praise God. All right. Let's, let's hear this. 1 Corinthians 7 from 19 all the way to 22. So the, the truth is, Jesus is Lord, whether you're rich or poor. You are not Lord. Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Amen. Everybody else is a servant of the Lord. Just chill, man. Any other thinking... Has to go. This is not popular, but it's the truth. Amen. Look at the next verse, 23. You are bought with a price. You want to say that Jesus didn't purchase you? Then you are not born again even. You are purchased. You are bought with a price. Notice. Be not ye therefore servants of men. Isn't that interesting? What a contradiction. In other words, what he's saying is, you know whom you're serving. Whether you are serving in the natural realm, under people, or you are free, you are a big boss, you should know that you are a servant and you are serving the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. So, uh, this, this is very, so, very clear and very liberating. So, you know, sometimes... Uh, you know, big churches have people who are ushers and they are millionaires. And they'll say, do you know who that guy is? He's a manager of five companies. He's the one carrying your suitcase today. And the guest speaker will be like, whoa, this is a major church, man. Amen. See, because even James had problem in his church about such things. The, the guys who were loaded sat in certain places. They didn't sit with the rest of the crowd. 
So this, this is the warfare. Such thinking is wrong. It is causing you to not receive what Jesus has for you. Praise God. Glory to the King. So God said, I have not changed. I give liberally to all men. I'm the giver. But the matter in there is you're not keeping the simple things as simple anymore. You have become uh, polluted by worldly thinking and waves and winds and wrong teachings. Hallelujah. There are some teachings that are wrong. They seem good, but they're wrong in the core. You can tell something about that doesn't fit. Amen. Oh, you become so rich, you don't have to do this and that. Where did that come from? Not from here. Came from somebody else teaching that kind of stuff. Ha, ha, ha. And that will lead to downfall in some place or the other. Because the, the thing will crack. And it will unveil what you really believe. And it will be proven to you. And if you're wise, you will adjust it. Before the thing happens. Amen. You will follow your heart. Today when you hear that word, you'll say, hmm, this is me. I need to make this adjustment. Man, I'm going far. I don't even know it. But today I know it. Something is wrong. Otherwise, it will pop up and, you know, it will be an embarrassment. Amen. So today when we hear the voice... The word speaking to our heart, make the adjustment. Are we trusting in the world's uh, pillars and strongholds? Or are we trusting in God and His word? Is that the final authority? Amen. Hallelujah. Otherwise, somewhere down the line, it will be exposed and it may not be fun. Praise God. So God has given us a good word. And it's a powerful thing. And uh, you know we can be more confident. That he will take care. And not allow other lying things to destabilize us. Including wrong teachings. Hallelujah. But you can look at that word and say I don't care. This is who I am. This is what God says I am. And I'm going for this. Praise God. Let's continue verse 23 and then we will jump off. Amen. So imagine somebody reading that verse with a skewed thinking. I cannot serve anybody. Huh? Now you see that verse? Don't be a servant of men. That's wrong teaching right there. The right teaching is I'm doing this as unto the Lord. Whatever I do. If I'm rich, if I have things uh, physically manifested or I'm still in the process, I'm still serving God. I'm his servant. That's right teaching right there. And so we have to be able to handle these things uh, rightly in our deep thoughts. The idea will come, oh, look at you. You are the one that's serving. You wash their feet. Yeah. And you, echoes of the past. Sweep. 
comes from the past. Where did that thinking come from? Where did that come from? It came from the society and the world within which we were brought up and it was inundated into our thinking. That to be a servant is totally wrong. But if you are saved, you are a servant of the Lord. Whether you are walking, living, sweeping, sleeping, whatever you are doing, you are doing it as unto the Lord. Amen. So these things are deep rooted in our thinking from the world and its systems and the gradation of, of uh, society and, um, you know, place. So he said here, whether you are slave or free, you are servants of God. Amen. Ooh, glory. 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 So sometimes they get taken advantage of. They see somebody specially gifted. They go and fall at their feet. And all their money goes there. And when they find out that that person is just as zero as everybody else, they're hurt. So they say, I'll never serve anybody again. (laughs) That thinking was faulty. You should know that everybody has their own kernangers, their own problems. And the only person you can compare with is Jesus. And so that should not stop you from serving and being humble all over again and falling at feet again and washing them if required many times. Just because you were burnt here and there. Get the thinking back. Somebody say amen. Amen. Even if it's a minority. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So they say they will not believe anybody who says they have a word for you. You can check the word. You can test as you mature. Hmm, that's a good word. That's God. Or, hmm, that's just junk. Amen. But your comparison is with him. Amen. Woo, glory. All right. Let's move to another step. Back in Hebrews. Amen. Yeah, I mean... It's nice to see people, uh, you know, publicly washing feet and all that. But sometimes you need to privately wash feet also. When nobody's seeing anything. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. And sometimes people need to see it also, so you have to. Amen. Yeah, and let them see that you don't have any problem with that. Because Jesus is Lord, not you. Shukaramamba. Back in Hebrews, the fourth chapter. So uh, we have these thoughts. Verse 7. Again, he limited a certain day saying, In David today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Now this today... Has come a couple of times. By now you know it's about at least four times. It has gone to repetition max. (laughs) In just a few pages. So uh, needless to say this is very important to God. Today and our heart. Today if you hear his voice. 
Harden not your heart. So this is why we can be judged. Because we are the ones that control the reaction to the voice of God. So he will judge us for that. What was your reaction when you heard this? When I said this? When I did that? What was your reaction? And we are given points accordingly. Amen. Verse 8. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would not he have afterwards spoken uh, of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Verse 10. For he that is entered into his rest, he has also ceased from his own works as God did from his. Wow. This is very major. That you and God can enjoy this experience together. Talk about communion. Hallelujah. That you can actually enjoy the rest that God is resting in. You can also participate in God's rest. You must know that the person you're dealing with is almighty. And he has to rest, right? Because there's no problem for him. Does he have any problem? Will God ever have a problem? Never. He's resting because he's the Lord. <laughs> and he's saying, you can also come in here and enjoy the same rest that I'm resting with. He knew the problem before it happened and he already said, it's yours. You have the victory. Glory. Glory. Amen. And you and I can enjoy the same quality of rest that he is speaking of here. His own rest. Ooh, that's big. You know, if everything is in control, everything is taken care of, you'll have a certain level of rest, won't you? Oh, you don't have to bother about this. You don't have to bother about that. It's not going to reduce anything from you if you just act this way or that way because you know who you are. You are at rest. But if you have insecurities and other fears, it is forbidden to... Uh, entertain such fears. Shame and fear is all insecurities. Amen? And all of us are having to deal with varieties of things. Somebody said he always had, you know, some fear following him around like a little puppy. And one day he just saw the puppy leaving. <laughs> Amen? All of us go through these things. Some little thing will be there, you know. This is what's going to happen to you. That's what's going to happen to you. This will happen to you. That won't happen to you. That's not for you. Blah, blah, blah. You just have to, that's not my problem. Amen. As in Adam all die, in Christ shall all be made alive. I am guaranteed to live the quality of the God life. Amen. And I'm not accepting anything else. That's my rest that God has told me to share with him. Glory to God. But notice verse 11. Let us labor. Therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Can you see that the enemy here is now being referred to as unbelief, which has many other arms or tentacles. Looking at the situation, looking at the waves, looking at the storms, looking at 
what people have to say about it, the opinions of the world, all comes together as something called evil unbelief. Amen? And so there is labor with what? Next verse. For the word. For the word. For the word of God. That is how we're going to receive that rest. Laboring with the word. Why? Number one. Word of God is alive. You can read so many books. They may be fun. They may make you laugh. They may even inspire you. But they are not alive. But this book and these words. (laughs) They are alive. Alive. (laughs) Glory to God. This is how the renewal takes place. Amen. This is where it comes from. That you are restored and renewed and taken back to the days of your youth. That you mount up with wings as eagles. That people struggle in their own flesh, but you just fly across. Young men struggle. Men use their strength. But you, in quote, effortlessly just glide in. Why? Because you labored with the source of power. The word of God. Hallelujah. Where was the labor? It was inside here. It was inside here. The labor. Labor therefore to enter into that rest. Verse 12. For the word of God is alive. The word quick in King James. Alive. Powerful. Ooh, glory. That's all energy. The Greek word is energy. The energy is right there. <laughs> Ooh, glory to God. Oh, thank God. Aren't you glad you got saved and you heard certain things that, that you know, is just true? Hallelujah. Woo, thank you, Lord Jesus. Energis is the Greek. Energis. Amen. This is the energizer. <laughs> you can drink, uh, you know, bolt and lightning and all of that, but... Half some time it leave you pretty low. But this will energize you and you will go back to the days of your youth. Amen. That at 85 you are ready to take on battle with giants. Yes. <laughs> That's either pakalai, legend, or it is the truth. But the God who wrote this book cannot lie. Amen. And I believe him. I believe him. Where did they coin that from? Life begins at 40. No, that is their coining. Here, life doesn't have to even, you know, uh, wane away at 85. Praise God. These are Old Testament people. The difference is, We have all of this, but we are not partaking or we are partaking based on what we are thinking about. Amen. If you think you are energized with the life of God, the nature of God, you are. If you act like it because you think so, it produces. We are all born again. How many of us are acting like that? Amen. Those who act on it, that's it. Those who don't, they are, but there's no benefit. There's no participation. There is no enjoyment of it. 
that feeling, that release, that freedom. They don't have it. And so we are all moving forward. We are all participating at different levels. Amen. And we don't stop until we see him face to face. But ground truth is that there's a rest there. You are secure. You are rested. You are free from strivings just in the flesh. Work, 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 work. Why? To get this, to get that, to get that. And then if you get that, then you can rest. You can have rest right now while you're working. (laughs) You don't have to wait till you get that final place because, you know, you'll find out that there's somebody else bigger than that and there's somebody else bigger than that and there's somebody else bigger than that and you need to live now in an oxygen tent and you have to have baby's blood going through your veins and so, you know, you have to start doing all this nano stuff just to renew your youth because you slogged hard to get all of that. Amen. Or you can be at rest and going about doing what you ought to do and enjoy Heaven on earth. Because the word is settled in heaven. There's no argument. You can have a settled word based life. For the word of God is alive and powerful. Sharper than any two edged sword. Look at the qualities. Sharper than any two edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Nothing in Man's writing can actually show you your spirit. We, did it. we didn't even know that there was a spirit. We didn't know that there was even a devil. We didn't know anything about the spirit realm until God's word came to us. Then we realized, whoo, so these things are true. Wow, these things are true. Wow. Soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Amen. Notice here that there's a a clear division between soul and spirit. And the word can show you what is coming from your soul and what is coming from your spirit. And if you have not been able to feel that or know that yet, it's because there's labor in the word. It has to be done. And then you will know that came from my soul. And God wants that which comes from the spirit energizing the soul and then affecting the body. So all progress may not come from the spirit. Some comes from just the soul. And so there are people who have succeeded just from thinking the right way. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger and others. They just imagined certain things. And as their soul went, things happened. Are they going to get blessed by God? No. Unless they're saved. You see, God is impressed, so to speak, if he can be impressed or pleased, amen, when it comes from the spirit of a born-again person and then energize the soul, word, and then affects the body and manifests on the outside, that's a big thumbs up. So if you're a believer, you'll ask, are they believers? They have all this time. Are they believers? Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, they are. Ooh. You know, and then only God knows whether they got it from the soul that was adjusted to God or whether they got it from just pure slog. Amen. So this will divide. 
that fine line. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Notice here that these joints and marrow where the life of the body is, is actually the blood and blood is produced in the marrow. And therefore you can see there is something about spirit. There is something about marrow. There's something about joints. There's something about thoughts. All of these things are very deep. Amen. And so if we're thinking along the lines of the word, we can stop blood problems right there. Marrow problems will just be reversed. It shall be health to your navel and marrow to your bones. Oof, we've gone far. Our time is really scooted along. Let's see if we can um, read in Canada also. From verse 7 all the way to verse 12 in Canada. ಹೇಗೆಂದರೆಂದೂಂಟು ಹೇಗೆಂದರೆ ದೇವರು ತನ್ನ ಕೆಲಸಗಳನ್ನು ಮುಗಿಸಿ ಹೇಗೆ ವಿಶ್ರಮಿಸಿಕೊಂಡನೋ ಹಾಗೆಯೇ ಆತನ ವಿಶ್ರಾಂತಿಯಲ್ಲಿ ಸೇರಿರುವವನು ಸಹ ತನ್ನ ಕೆಲಸಗಳನ್ನು ಮುಗಿಸಿ ವಿಶ್ರಮಿಸಿಕೊಂಡಿದ್ದಾನೆ ಆದ್ದರಿಂದ ನಾವು ಅವರ ಅಪನಂಬಿಕೆಯನ್ನು ಅನುಸರಿಸುವವರಾಗದಂತೆ ಆ ವಿಶ್ರಾಂತಿಯಲ್ಲಿ ಸೇರುವುದಕ್ಕೆ ಪ್ರಯಾಸ ಪಡೋಣ ಯಾಕಂದರೆ ದೇವರ ವಾಕ್ಯವು ಸಜೀವವಾದದ್ದು ಶಕ್ತಿಯುಳ್ಳದ್ದು ಯಾವ ಇಬ್ಬಾಯಿ ಕತ್ತಿಗಿಂತಲೂ ಹದವಾದದ್ದು ಪ್ರಾಣ ಆತ್ಮಗಳನ್ನು ಕೀಲು ಮಜ್ಜೆಗಳನ್ನು ವಿಭಾಗಿಸುವಷ್ಟರ ಮಟ್ಟಿಗೆ ತೂರಿ ಹೋಗುವಂಥದ್ದು ಹೃದಯದ ಆಲೋಚನೆಗಳನ್ನು ಉದ್ದೇಶಗಳನ್ನು ವಿವೇಚಿಸುವಂಥದ್ದು ಆಗಿದೆ you can see how it flows towards everything is open before him and he sees it he sees the source of all of this how it happened therefore we need a high priest we need help we need someone to pray for us we need someone to speak on our behalf we need someone to stand before god and say something on our behalf they are not yet perfect but you know you know they are believing your word jesus is pleading like that Amen. So we begin to realize, oh, the high priest comes there. All right, let's thank God as our time has run up. We worship you, we worship you, we worship you, we worship you, precious Lord, that you are there for us, pleading on our behalf, interceding for us, speaking for us. Oh, Lord, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We thank you for your help today. We thank you for your strength today. We thank you precious Holy Spirit who indwells us. Oh glory, 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 glory. Thank you for helping us to receive the rest. To enter in and keep that rest. To enjoy the rest that God himself has. Oh, we give you thanks. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. We trust you, Lord. We look to you, Lord. You're our hero. You are the Lord. We thank you. We worship you. Thank you Father. In Jesus name. Amen. Thank you so much team. If you'd like to give, this is a great opportunity. We can do so in Jesus name and trust him. Thank you for good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over today in this world. No matter what is out there, this is your way of victory in Jesus name. Amen.
Thank you so much. You're blessed. I've got the victory living inside of me. I've got the great I want. I can't overcome. This ain't no time to turn back. No place to go slack. Gotta keep pressing on till every battle is won. I've got the Got the greater one I can't overcome This ain't no time to turn back No place to go back I gotta keep pressing on Till every battle is won Sometimes the way Might seem a little bit hard You might be tempted Yes.